This is the Mercy Talk podcast. Mercy Talk is brought to you by Mercy Multiplied. We exist to encourage, equip, and empower both men and women with the same biblically-based principles we've seen work for over 35 years in our residential homes. If you want to find out more, head on over to mercymultiplied.com. Well, hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Mercy Talk. I'm one of your hosts, Rachel Thomas, and I'm the podcast coordinator and content specialist. And I'm one of your other hosts, Dr. Brooke Keels, and I'm the Senior Director of Counseling and Program Strategy here at Mercy Multiplied. And this is your third host, (laughs) Melanie Wise. I am the Senior Director of Outreach here at Mercy And we're excited that you have joined us today for this episode of Mercy Talk. Um, We are kind of launching, even though we kind of launched last week, into a series that we are really excited about because we haven't done it in a long time here on Mercy Talk. And that is on our keys to freedom. That is really very much at the core of who we are as an organization, what we do, um, how we work with people. It's like, it's really very much about who we are. And so it's like, wait, we haven't, we haven't talked about keys to freedom in a really long time on mercy talk. I think it's been what, at least a couple of years. Yeah. Or maybe longer. Um, I don't, I don't think, uh, I don't think you've ever around. been yeah, here for that. Yeah. So it's been a Jen, while. Jen O'Tales, so I've been here no. five years. It's, it's, <laughs> so, uh, wow, so it's, every, it's been a while. Since we- that, yes, for sure. And it was per- a perfect time to do it because if you listened to our episode last week, we talked quite a bit about our um, updated edition of Keys to Freedom that we are releasing, and um, the plan is to release that. At the time of this recording, we do not have an actual date set, but April should be the month when it happens. Yeah. I'm rooting for April 16th. It's my birthday. I'm just saying it would be a great day. A good day. Um, good day. But we're really, really excited about just some of the things that we've updated and revised in this new edition. And, um, you know, I kind of talked through some more details of that in our last episode. So if you're like, well, what does that mean? What do you mean an updated edition? What's different? What's new? Um, we unpacked some of that last week, if, if you want to hear more. But um, we just thought, man, when we're kind of relaunching an updated edition and uh, some additional fun resources that we're releasing along with that, why don't we go ahead and just do um, a series? And we've never heard Brooke Keel's take on the keys to yes. free. It just felt right. It felt right. right. So um, last week we talked a little bit just kind of about how we set the stage for the keys. Um, That's literally the first week of the study is called setting the stage. And so we kind of lay out some foundational stuff. And today we are going to really jump into the first key, which is what we would often call the master key. In the new study, it's the key ring yeah, I noticed that. Keys. Uh-huh. So it's what holds cool. everything together, the master yes. key, whatever you want to call it, but it is the key of committing and connecting to Christ. And I would say just as a way to kind of set the stage for this key, um, you know, in general, I think that it can be very easy for us to get really caught up and focused on whether or not we look from the outside in like we got our stuff together and like we're in good shape, like we're healthy emotionally, mentally, all the things, you know, like we can get very caught up in how we appear Mm. to other people and sometimes just forget. Well, I wouldn't just say appear, but also just like 
how I behave, like what's coming out of me to the world around me, whether that's in attitudes or just behaviors. And we can get very caught up in like trying to make sure that that all looks good um, and forget that at the end of the day, living in freedom and living in wholeness is an inside job. Last week we talked about the, um, you know, the tree analogy and um, how all of the issues that we struggle with, they've got some deep rooted roots, deep rooted roots, there yeah. you go guys, um, that, that really need to be looked at because it's, it's about addressing those things. It's not about addressing the behavior. If you've been mm-hmm. around mercy, you've heard us talk about this one bajillion times. Okay. <laughs> but whenever it comes to, whenever you just look at scripture, I love how it's so clear in scripture, mm-hmm. how this was, this was Jesus's heart. Like this was always what he was about was, um, if you look at the way he talked to like the religious leaders and the Pharisees, like these were the people who from the outside looking in seemed pretty perfect, seemed uh, like they really had everything together. And Jesus had some strong words for those people. If you haven't read them, I mean, he calls them at one point, like whitewashed tombs full of dead men's bones. Like, like, so like, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a pretty looking tomb, but it's dead inside, you know? Right. And so he like, wanted he, us to be unsure with how he felt. Right. 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 He, he, was, very... he was like, I'm going to make you read between the lines here. Yeah. <laughs> no. Well, In he does this that enough, regard. So I like it. And I was about to say, I was about to say, but he actually does do that. Sometimes. Yeah. Uh, but in this regard, he's very, very clear He's like, you are not, I mean, basically what he's communicating here is that these men are not being transformed from the inside out by mm-hmm. God's presence. So he's he, he's not interested in prettying us up from the outside in. He's yeah. always been concerned about what's happening at that root level, at that heart level. And so, um, you know, sometimes when we try to put, like, make ourselves look all like clean and polished and put together, we're either consciously or subconsciously really covering up very real hurts, very Mm. real issues. And even though Jesus was kind of like hardcore with those Pharisees, I mean, he wasn't, he wasn't condemning them. He was offering them freedom, like actual freedom from the inside out transformation. And he's doing the same with us. And so uh, we have this analogy in the keys to freedom study, but I actually experienced this recently. So, um, I have an almost two-year-old who is obsessed with bubbles, all forms, like bubbles in the bath, bubbles, like the play bubbles, but also even bubbles. We have an electric kettle. And when you turn it on, it boils and he can see the bubbles. And so he will (laughs) regularly go over to the counter and point to the tea kettle and go bubbles, 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 bubbles. And so we will sometimes, if we're desperate enough, we will just do it over and over and over and empty the hot water out, put cold water in and we'll do it again. Magic bubbles. And what the, you got to do, man. Well, seriously, this actually happened not too long ago. We had done some cleaning and unplugged the tea kettle and I go over there and I'm like bubbles, you know, cause he's like frantic, like bubbles, bubbles. Like I, I have to have bubbles right now or I'm not going to be okay. You know, <laughs> and I turn it on and I'm like, what? Oh no, please. No, not now. I need the bubbles. Right. Cause it wasn't working. The bubbles weren't coming. It took me a while to realize it's not plugged in. Oh, I'm not going to get bubbles if it's not plugged in. So I actually, it's kind of funny because this is the exact analogy that we use in the study. Um, it's about like this concept of, if you imagine having a tea kettle or electric kettle that is turned on, but it's not plugged in everything from the outside looking in looks like it has, it's a kettle. It has the potential to produce the bubbles, right? <laughs> it's got right. everything, but until it's actually plugged in, it's of zero use and your toddler will scream. 
Uh-huh. That's what I learned. So we really use that idea of like, what is the power source? What is the thing that actually is the game changer for us? And it's this key. Like we can look like Christians by doing the churchy stuff. Mm. Um, but if our lives are not closely connected with the power source, if you will, um, we really, we will really miss out on everything that honestly Jesus died for us to have. And so that's really the basis of this entire key. Yeah. And not only miss out, but like, you can't, you literally can't do it. Like if you think about if, if we don't have an understanding of who Christ is and our commitment to him, then forgiveness isn't a thing, right? That's something that you try and do and, you know, and you get caught up in the feeling of, but it's not an actual freedom giving thing. And you could go through every single key and say the same thing. Right. And so, um, I just think, it is important not to skip over. And I know that that we did this study with the idea that most people have committed to Christ if they've done this study. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's interesting because some people want to skip over it. I know, Melanie, I've mm-hmm. talked to you because when we were doing the um, the online Keys to Freedom <laughs> study, I was like, I don't want to lose everybody who, you know, has a relationship with the Lord. But right. I think actually stopping here and and really assessing what your commitment to Christ really is um, and assessing, mm-hmm. you know, when he talks about kind of going back to the beginning, like, do we feel really connected to him? Are we leaning on him? Is he the power source, you know, and, and what does that look like? And then for people who don't know what that means, who don't understand, you know, our context of how we view who Christ is, it's just really important to say that, you know, um, that he is the source of all things, right? So God created us in the garden and all the things in the, in the garden. They were like, you know, we feel like we're good. We don't know that we need you or trust you. And I'm not really sure about your character and, you know, all of those things. And I've had a lot of theological discussions about this lately that I will not bring in, but it's bringing up a lot of, a lot of things, you know, for me. Um, and so anyway, but it starts there, um, you know, that, that we basically turned our back on what the Lord had for us and the goodness that he had. Um, Mm. And then at that point, the Lord's like, okay, but we'll, we'll have another way. (laughs) We're going to have another way. Um, And he sent his son to die for us. And he is the creator of all things, the, um, the pure and holy and good and wants good things for us um, and wants to bless us in a million ways. And even though we live in a broken world, he's the only one that can heal us and save us from our sin. And so our commitment to who Christ is, that he died on the cross, that he rose again for our sins, you know, that he is seated at the right hand of Christ, of, of God is, is just really um, important to that. So I just, I want to say mm-hmm. that if you're not sure about any of those things that I just said, whether you think you're a Christian or you're not really sure, like really pausing here and not moving on from this place until you're, you're connected mm. to who he is. And I don't mean you don't look at the other things, right. But that we, you really sure. want to make sure, um, because if you're going to believe that this God that you cannot see can save you from the pain and the hurt that you've lived in your life, like you better really believe that. And mm. I think it's important that we stop yeah. and really assess that it's not our parents' faith or our friends' faith or, you know, our brothers or sisters or anybody else's faith that it's really ours. And that the thing that's really cool about that is that's what the Lord wants to. And he is committed right back, right? That we are in covenant with him. Um, And that's, you know, as my son says, he goes, that's like a really important deal. And I'm like, yep, that's a really important deal. But, you know, I know it's really, yeah, we've been talking about things in covenant and things out of covenant. Um, And I'll let y'all 
think about where that went. Um, anyway, <laughs> so, you know, but you know, God and sin cannot exist together, but he is constantly right. pursuing us to free us from those things. Um, you know, he is perfect and we are not, and he set a plan in motion for our freedom. And, and what he's doing is mm-hmm. asking us to partner with him. And there is no study as good as keys to freedom is there's no study that will free you. Right. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Only the Lord can do that. But what I am so yeah. proud of with this study is that it really shows you practically how to engage in a relationship with the Lord and how to walk out all of these other things. Like everybody keeps saying renewing the mind. And I don't know what that means. And I was like, well, do I have something for you? Uh, <laughs> let me <laughs> right. show you what that means, <laughs> you know. Um, and so it's it's just, you know, anyway, so I that's just I think it's important just to stop here. Um, and really make sure that that we know where we're at with our heart and with the Lord. Mercy Multiplied exists to provide opportunities for all to experience God's unconditional love, forgiveness, and life-transforming power. Our residential program is for women ages 13 to 32, and our outpatient services are for women ages 13 and older. Both programs are voluntary, biblically-based, and completely free of charge. Our goal is to help women in our programs permanently stop destructive cycles, discover purposes for their lives, and experience God's unconditional love, forgiveness, and life-transforming power. If you or someone you know would like to apply to one of our programs or you'd simply like to find out more information, you can start by heading to our website at mercymultiplied.com. One of my favorite things, if you have been to an Empower Workshop, you get to hear Brooke and Mel speak on these things live and go through these keys. So I love Brooke. I've always loved hearing you talk about the character of God, uh, especially in the beginning, like in the Garden of Eden and how that um, choice to, you know, (laughs) doubt what the Lord had said and ask, is he really as good as he says he is kind of thing? You just have such a like a real practical down to earth. I just love it. It's it's so good. So all of that to say, you know, Jesus he is the only way. So (laughs) really to be clear, and I'm sure that you're gathering that from what we're talking about here, but even John 14, six, we talk about too, that, you know, he says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the father except through me. Um, And what I love about this is that he is inviting us to accept the work that he's done on our behalf. There's like this um, beautiful surrender that happens in the sense that, you know, I need to like, I'm re- my full reliance is on you, Jesus. It's not in other things. And we're going to get dive into that more here. And so it's this incredible mystery of opening your hands and surrendering to the Lord and knowing that he has done what you cannot do for yourself and that he took the punishment. He took the payment. He paid the price for our sins. And you're right. I mean, that's so instrumental. Um, to under, understanding forgiveness, <laughs> because if you can't accept that Christ forgives you, how do you even move on and like forgive yourself and forgive others? And it's just, anyways, mm-hmm. it's the whole, it's, it's really important. Like you said. Um, so mm-hmm. all this to say that we want to encourage you here to, again, this, this was written and addressed, assuming that you've made this commitment to Christ, but I think it's important even for those who have been believers of Jesus for a long time, for us to acknowledge that it is real easy to put our dependence or our trust in other things besides the work that Jesus has done. And I'm not saying here that like, you know, oh, you know, your salvation rests on you. But what I am saying is those things that you 
run into those issues or those problems that you're like, why can't, I mean, it just feels like I'm always going to be held in bondage. It just feels like, you know, I'm, I've prayed to the Lord a million times and he's not listening. I would encourage you, especially in this part of the study, and I love this, are there other things, and we'll talk about this, they're referred to as artificial stabilizers. I love this. I think, I feel like, you know, it's, it makes so much sense. Like, are there other things uh, that are keeping you afloat that you're, or that you're relying on to keep you afloat? And, uh, you know, in, in this study, they use the analogy of the training wheels. And I thought that was just so perfect how, you know, at first you use those and it's great. You're like, yes, this is, this is getting me going. But actually after a while, it's hindering you. It's, Mm -hmm. it's not um, what's going to help you live your, your, it's not going to help you ride your best ride, but it's, it's, what's not going to help you live your best life. And so all this to say, we'll talk more about these artificial stabilizers, but really um, it's anything that we've become dependent on other than Jesus. You know, even thinking about what are the coping mechanisms that we have generated rather than our reliance on who Jesus is and the work mm-hmm. that he's done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when you start diving into that, that's where no one can be like, I'm good. Like, exactly. if it's like, oh, make a commitment to Christ. People are like, yeah, I did that. I'm good. Right. Is there anything you depend on yes. on a daily basis more than Jesus? Uh, Maybe, you know, like that's just where it gets a little more real (laughs) for all of us, for sure. And, you know, one of our favorite examples of this story from scripture is the rich young ruler um, in Matthew 19. And I mean, if you're like, I don't know what you're talking about, I'll just paraphrase it here. But it's basically this teenage boy who comes up to Jesus and is like, you know, if there's anything that is there anything I can do to, you know, obtain eternal life. And Jesus is like, yeah, keep the commandments. And I love it. I, I think this is funny. The boy's like, which ones? <laughs> like, oh. And Jesus is like, well, there's don't murder, don't commit adultery, don't steal, don't lie, honor your father and mother, uh, you know, love those around you as you love yourself, all of those. And the boy, because he's like, great, I've always perfectly obeyed all of these. And I'm yeah, like, I'd yeah. love to meet this teenage boy. Right. <laughs> uh, but then he's like, so I did all that. Great. Anything else? And then Jesus says, oh, yes, Go sell everything you own and give your money to the poor and then come back and follow me for the rest of your life. No big deal. Um, and then as the, the passion translation says, when the young man heard these words, he walked away angry for he was extremely wealthy. And I, for many years of my life, heard this story taught within the context of like money and depending yeah. on your wealth. But in more recent years, I've heard what I believe is probably more accurate uh, depiction of this story because it's like, at the end of the day, this this is a young man who knew that something was missing. He could feel that restriction, like you talked about, like the training wheels, like something isn't letting me go, like yeah. something missing here and he can't figure out what it is. And of course, as Jesus does so wonderfully well, um, he just puts his finger right on it. You know, it's like your security, your identity, your worth, your value, everything is tied up in your wealth. That's what's holding you back. Um, And so for him, the artificial stabilizer was wealth. That's what I depend on more than I depend on Jesus, which side note, artificial stabilizer is what they call training wheels in the UK. Are they really? 
Yeah, that's where we that's where oh, we got that language because we worked with the UK in creating Keys Freedom, okay, and that's, that's what they so call cool. them. And we were like, yeah, they don't call. I don't think anybody in the US is going to know what an artificial stabilizer is. Yeah. So it is training <laughs> wheels. Yes. But but artificial stabilizer is a pretty good word for it, especially in the context mm-hmm. of what we're talking about. Like, what is it that's stabilizing your life? That's giving you security. Um, that isn't Jesus, and that's that was what it was for that young man. Yeah. And if you yeah. look at the story, okay, what he said was, is there something I have to do to obtain eternal life? Mm-hmm. Okay. Eternal life. Jesus said, uh, give your money away and come follow me. And he goes, never mind. I'm good. <laughs> okay. So we're not talking about like, what do I have to do to hang out with you? What do I have to do to be blood? Like he said, we're talking about eternal life. And he was yeah. like, no, nah, I'm good. That's yeah. uh, And now I'm mad. I'm mad. And I do not want it anymore. I mean, and so I think it's important to to think about these are the things that keep us not from eternal life. Like I'm not talking about going to hell. Okay. I mean, maybe, but that's not my job, right? That's between you and the Lord. But I just mean like, that was a joke. Just so we're clear. Yeah. All right. Um, But I'm just saying like, but what he came with was a very heavy ask a very important thing and and when we talk about artificial stabilizers and so just like any other area of our life you know maybe we can go I do all these commandments exactly right or I do all these other things exactly right see I have this and the Lord's always going to ask for more because he's going to ask for the places that that we haven't allowed him in because that's where he heals that's that's where he grows us and that's where joy and peace and all of the fruits of the spirit that we really really want come from allowing him to access those hard places. Mm-hmm. Um, and so maybe, you know, for you, it's not money, right? I hope we all have a ton of money and are not relying on it. <laughs> right. Really do. <laughs> Bless us all. Um, but it can be a relationship. It can mm-hmm. be an addiction. Um, it could be a job. It could be your title and position. Um, you know, it can be food. It can be approval of others, you know, or, you know, the approval from others, things that we fill the gap that the Lord needs to fill um, mm-hmm. and where we don't give him access to. And, and sometimes we guard it. We guard it really hard. Yeah. And, and I think so, also, too, it's interesting because people feel like I want to live free from whatever's holding me back, but I actually don't want to give you that thing. So when the right. Lord goes, hey, so it's going to be that thing. Um, and we get really mad right? <laughs> mad about it. Right. Yes. And so, you know, you're doing the things you're going to church, you know, you're reading the Bible, but you know, something is still not quite right. Like there's mm-hmm. still not that connection that, you know, you need to feel to feel then I'm trying, I'm trying not to be real Louisiana on this one. You can hear it coming out. <laughs> you're good. Okay. Girl. Not feel, feel. Okay. See? All right. <laughs> that you're trying to feel. And, and really just honestly, the bravery of going, okay, Lord, what is the place mm-hmm. that you want access to? Um, yeah. And, you know, my favorite thing, just consider asking him, you don't have to do anything with it, but just ask him what it is, yeah. <laughs> you know, because what I have, have found with the Lord, when it is from him, the scariest things I always have a piece about. And the stuff I try to write, if I let the enemy come in and talk to me about it, there's a lot of anxiety. But when God asks you to do the hard things, mm-hmm. it comes with the the provision and the peace and the um, honestly, the energy to do it mm-hmm. right. It's not from a place of like you better sacrifice and give it up. What he's saying is, let me meet you there and let me show you how yeah, to, to rely on me more. Right. Okay. It's a partnering. It is not 
a get it together and then you can come yeah kind of thing does that make sense yeah I don't know. yeah well no that's so good and I was even thinking too it's funny because oftentimes we're so afraid to give up the artificial stabilizer you know whatever they are like you know and a lot of times at first glance it may not even be anything you think it, and it may not be anything initially bad I mean you know you have a great job you love your job you're you know, you, that's your, your dream and your ambition, but maybe your identity and your self-worth is found in that job. Maybe you're in ministry and the Lord has called you to ministry, but your identity and your self-worth is wrapped up and dependent on what other people say about you. And mm-hmm. it sounds scary to, to give up or to surrender, um, those places in your heart to the Lord. And, and, I don't know what that looks like for you. Only the Lord that's between you and him. I'm not saying leave your job. Um, but I think a lot of times we, we think it's going to be, it's going to be really devastating in the sense that it's going to, it's going to mess everything up. And the truth is, is that it's already <laughs> messing a lot of things up, like the bondage right. and the mm-hmm. frustration that we want to get out of it's because of those very things when in reality what you were saying Brooke is there is a peace that is awaiting us there is a joy there is a freedom that is better than the reliance that we have come to know and think is good because it's actually not that good it's just all we know so we think is good right Um, and I've seen this even in my own life with, you know, just being honest, like my own artificial stabilizer of, of approval from others and not being okay, unless they're okay with me and, and, and just finding self-worth and identity and what other people say or earning their approval and thinking if I could just get this one person stamp, like my life would be complete. And really that's bondage. It's call it people pleasing, whatever, wrap it in a bow, but it's, it's devastating if you, if you're held captive to it and it messes up your life. And, and so really, I mean, gosh, this study, even I remember the first time hearing it in the commitment to Christ piece being like, oh yeah, I did that. I'm fine. I'm fine. And then when we get to this part, it's like, oh, you mean that Lord, you mean (laughs) the thing I want more than you, (laughs) right? (laughs) the thing I'm chasing harder than, than you is Oh, you know, those kinds of things. So I don't, again, I don't know what your stabilizer is. We, we all have, have them, have had them. Um, but there is something better waiting for you on the other side of releasing up the control of those things to Jesus. When you said, you know, oh, if I have to let this go, it would just be so hard. And you actually don't realize how hard things are because you won't let it go. Yeah. Um, I was just thinking, I mean, I think Brooke, I texted you this yesterday at some point, like me, oh, yeah. me and yeah. the Lord had to have a, a hardcore conversation just yesterday about my control issues and my incessant, insane need for planning and planning and prepping and being prepared and being prepared. And, uh, for any listeners who do not know, I, well, actually, I don't know if I've ever said this somewhere to talk. I am very pregnant and less than two months away from having a newborn with a two-year-old, um, (laughs) while also, you know, still processing some stuff that's happened with my family. And like, there's just a lot going on. And I have found myself in this season of time, like gripping those reins of control Mm. all the more and like trying to plan and prepare for every possible thing that could possibly happen and make sure that I I have everything set up so that I do not have to be stressed. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get everything in perfect order 
so that I don't have to feel stressed. And I do literally ask the Lord, like, because for me in this season, different seasons, I've depended on different things. But in this season of time, I think what is I'm trying to find security and like stabilization in is control, like Mm -hmm. that I can control. And, um, and I mean, I, you know, I'm just like, all right, Lord, what what's the deal? Like, I know the root stuff. This is what we teach all the time. What's at the root of this for me? And, you know, just put put his finger on some things of of like, yeah, you're, you're definitely trying to avoid ever having to feel pain Mm. and you're trying to avoid, this is what connected with what you said. You're trying to avoid having to feel stressed Mm. and you're stressed out (laughs) trying to avoid stress i'm like Mm -hmm. oh my word i am i am constantly stressed right now trying to control life so that i'm not stressed like this makes zero sense you know (laughs) and so just the lord reminding me like hey the peace like Mm -hmm. that deep-seated peace that you are really searching for and you're trying to find it through control and planning it's not found in any of that and hey guess what you're about to have an infant and a two-year-old you don't think you're going to be like constantly in a state of of stress and turmoil like you need to be able to find that somewhere else because you're not going to be able to control everything in your life ever but especially in the season that you are in and that's coming up for you and so I know for me it's man guys seriously if you ask Jesus he will put his finger on it he'll do it (laughs) he always does and he usually does it pretty fast for me because he's like you know you know exactly what, <laughs> you know. I'm so just having a panic attack hearing you talk about having a newborn <laughs> two-year-old. So I'll just be doing breathing exercises. <laughs> this affects me in no way. And I'm just Thank like, you, the Brooke. thought of that lack of control. Is yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Like, me. T- I mean, talk I about. Be praying for you. <laughs> like I becoming never... a parent. You yes. lose all control. Like you have to be, you have to Unless be. you have one guys just saying <laughs> she's like just saying neither one of you stopped <laughs> too late it's too late <laughs> well how would you say if you only like, have one you can control you can control a little bit more a little bit a little more, bit more. Right? a little more i'll make it older I always thought it was weird when people like talk about loving to clean their house, like it relaxes them. And then after I had like, (laughs) probably after I had like our second or third, I was like, oh, I see it because I can control what oh. I am fixing right now. Like mm-hmm. I am, it's getting done. It's getting clean. That vacuum, those lines, you know, like mm-hmm. I'm making it happen. <laughs> Very satisfying. Something's yeah. really funny. Bless it, Lord. But well, yeah, <laughs> I, I just I think I think ultimately what I learned through my my conversation with the Lord is exactly what you were saying. It's like the very thing that you are turning to yes. to try to uh, to try to get something is actually turning itself against you and you're never going to find it in that thing. And in fact, it's kind of backfiring on you. So for me, it's control and planning and for other people, it's other things. But what we're trying to say today is that until that security, that stabilization in your life, that identity, that worth, whatever those things are is found in Jesus, like everything else is going to backfire on you and it's going to hold you back. Um, And so to kind of like maybe wrap up this key, you know, I, I would love for us to just hit really quickly on some of the things that we talk about of, you know, I mean, it's obvious we've got a very real enemy and he is always going to be trying to steal from our commitment and our connection to Christ. Like that would be probably a number one goal of his. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, yes. scripture's pretty clear on how he operates. He's a deceiver. That's what he does. He lies yeah. to us. And there are some really common lies, or as we would call it, traps that people can fall into, you know, when they're on this journey. One of those is basically like, I tried, I tried God and it didn't work for me. Now, of course, my first question would be, what do you mean it didn't work? Like what didn't work? But in context of what we're talking about with Keys to Freedom, it's this idea that like, I wanted my life to turn around and I wanted everything to get better. And I tried God and that didn't work. Okay. Well, if that's where you find yourself, I think it's, we can very easily forget that God is such a God of process. Mm. It is extremely rare. I'm not saying it's impossible, but it is rare that you hear a story where it's like in an instantaneous moment, my entire life changed and it just was a completely different life from here on out. And I had no other work to do. Right. God is typically working through this through process and you can have some big moments. You can have some big transformative moments, breakthrough moments, but he is setting us free, healing us um, and, and really giving us this life, this abundant life that he has to offer over and through a process. And so um, if you think about how he created the world, he didn't just like instant, I mean, it, it was pretty fast, but like mm-hmm. he did that in a process. He's like, we're going to start here and then we're going to do this and then we're going to do this. We're gonna do this. Like literally process is part of the fabric of our being, right? So just knowing and understanding that if you feel like, well, I tried God and everything didn't turn around immediately. Yeah, probably not because that's not typically how he operates. Um, he does this over the course of our lifetime. And I'm very big on this when it comes to like keys to freedom, the things that we teach, there's not an end to this journey for any of us until we're in heaven. Like we can still, I can still be more deeply committed to Christ. I can still be more deeply connected. I can be more healed. I can be more set free. I just told y'all yesterday morning, I'm like, oh man, I messed up. I got some stuff, you know? And so I think for us to all realize that we are all in process um, and, and just being patient with the way that the Lord uh, works with us in that way. Yeah. And here's the thing. You want it to be a process. Okay. We think we want it to just go away and then us just feel better. Okay. And we do, we probably want to feel better, but what process does is it actually allows us to learn how to live a healthy life because we live in a fallen world. Okay. So everything is not perfect around you. So what he does is he meets us at each little step along the way mm-hmm. as we grow healthier and healthier and grow more you know, deeper in relationship with him. And so the things that we did as a child, right, that we don't do as an adult, theoretically and hopefully, okay, in different areas. And so you want it to be a process because then you know what you're doing. There's a foundation there. Um, it It is stable. It is strong, right? You're not easily moved anymore. But when when things, if it just goes away and then you no longer feel sad anymore, right? right? Number one, that's unrealistic. That's not the world we live in. And number two, that's not stable. You, you didn't learn how to renew your mind or choose, you know, health on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And God and is, leave. I mean, relationship is what gets formed in the process. Exactly. And even more than God is that's interested in fixing all him. your stuff. He's interested in having a relationship with you because out of that yeah. is where healing and wholeness comes from. So it's like, if you just got this instantaneous fix, there was no relationship formed in that. And right. that's ultimately what we're all after here, you know, so it's such that's an impo- exactly right. so important. He doesn't do yeah. process just to make life hard. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> He's not being stuff. mean. He's doing it because it, it, it is solid and it's stable and it right. remains right. right? Like yeah. that's the important thing is that we're talking long-term here, you know, 
And so sometimes I wish he was a genie. Sometimes mm. I wish he would just be like, look, can you just like, let's just not have that in mm-hmm. issue. Um, but that's not how it works. And and I think the, <laughs> the sooner we accept that, the better. And not that we should be discouraged by that. We should be encouraged by that. Like, oh, this is how it's supposed to be. Yeah. Like we should can be continuing to have a deep relationship with him all the way to the end. Right. And this leads to trap number two, which is that I need to clean up my life before I surrender to him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the other side of that is, you know, you can't clean up your life before you start. Like, that's not a possible thing, but the enemy wants to tell us you're not good enough. You, you know, if you, maybe if you do this better, then maybe if you act this way, then, you know, and we, we get caught up in that versus like, Hey Lord, I don't have it together. I don't know what to do. I need your help, mm-hmm. which is all he wants. And what I really think about is like with my kid, if my kid waited to get everything together before he talked to me, I would be devastated. Mm -hmm. Right. The fact that he comes to me and is like, I'm having a hard time and I need you to help me figure this out. That is where relationship is created. That is where trust is created. And I could not be more thrilled. Mm -hmm. Even when he comes and goes, I need to tell you something I did that was wrong today. Mm -hmm. You know, like I need to share that with you. It makes me feel so good that he's willing to come and talk to me about those things. And if, if he tried to be perfect before he did, I would honestly know that I'm a bad parent, Mm. right? If that's what he's wanting is perfection before communication, that would really break my heart. And so, you know, while we can look at God as like, he's waiting to punish us. I mean, that's where I think you have to start. It says he is rich in mercy. He, he wakes up to be good to us. That's, you know, like what he does, he is just waiting to be good to us. He's waiting Mm -hmm. to help us heal. He's waiting to be present in the hurts and the pain, um, but also to, to slingshot us into health and the, in the good seasons as well. Um, And, and, you know, and I see this play out over and over in counseling, Um, you know, at the end of the day, like the thing, like you said, the thing we desire, like we, maybe we want a more intimate relationship with our spouse. But when you look at like all the things that are keeping that from happening, um, you know, it, it generally is. And then people are like, well, but I don't want to let that go. Well, you have to weigh out. What do you want? Do you want a more intimate relationship or do you want this other thing, this artificial stabilizer? Yeah, That's your choice. And, and people, you know, are surprised when you say that, but like, you have to, you got to make that choice. And that's what the Lord gives us an option. You have a choice. You don't have to do any of this. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you what I offer. And I'm asking you though, to consider the fullness of yeah. how good it can be. You know, yeah. the last trap that we typically hit on is just this idea of, you know what, like whether or not I have Jesus in my life, I'm always going to have this issue. And people believe that because a lot of times they're told that. Oh yeah. FYI, this is always going to be a thing. You know, that's like, that's, that's a very kind of standard way of thinking like, you know, and man, you want to get our founder and president riled up, just say once an addict, always an addict. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like This is a big one because, you know, we, we have seen miracles. I have seen too many miracles in my time working at mercy to ever believe that anything is too hard for the Lord. Like I really can't. And I, I would say that even maybe prior, prior to working here at Mercy, I I could have probably looked at certain people and known their stories and known what they're struggling with. And it would have probably, I would never have probably said this, but inside I probably would have thought, yeah, they're probably never going to be okay. I don't really know how you ever really recover from that. 
So thank goodness for heaven. But I would say that from what I have seen and witnessed year after year of just being part of this organization, I can't say that anymore. I can't say that there's any story that's too far gone or or issues that are too hard. Um, And now I, I will never be one to, I mean, as we've already said, it's process you get freer and freer and freer, but for you to say that this issue that I struggle with is never going to go away. I don't even think that that lines up with the truth of the word of God. I mean, if, if it says that, like, if you're in Christ, you're a new creation and old things have passed away. Like that to me says that it is very possible for the things that are just plaguing you in your life right now to pass away through Mm -hmm your commitment and connection to Christ and walking that journey out and through probably a process, but for you to believe that you'll never be able to get past certain things in your life, I just don't believe lines up with truth or testimony and what I have personally seen. Right. That's right. And I think a lot of people take that as I'll always have my issues, meaning going back into like behavior modification. I'll always have, you know, like I'll just be white knuckling, whatever the thing is that I'm in bondage, you know, for, Um, and through relationship with Christ, through walking, you know, going through the rest of the keys and and learning the practical steps of renewing the mind and forgiving and doing all those things. It doesn't mean you don't have accountability. Freedom doesn't mean that we, again, don't exist in a world that has temptations or, or hurts or, you know, or traumas or any of those things. It's not about that, but it is about believing that you don't have to be in bondage to one thing for all time and that you have the hope of those things being restored. And he talks about restoration and making new a lot, you know, and so I just think it's really important, but I will not live my whole life in bondage to this thing. Yeah. Just making that choice on a daily basis. At the end of the day, they are free. Yes. yes, They're walking through, they're not walking around telling everybody here are my struggles. And so this is going to be my problem forever. No, they've made choices. They've put accountability in place. They've done all the things that they know to do and they are free from that thing. It does not own them Mm -hmm. any longer. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's really, really important that we understand it. And so, yeah, Yeah, that's, that's great. As we kind of wrap up here, I would love to just, you know, make sure that we do not forget that this key is called committing and connecting to Christ for a reason. We're not just talking about the commitment piece, but also just how connected you feel to the Lord. And so truly at the end of the day, that is the end goal is my proximity to the Lord and how close I am to him and how dependent I am on him and how much I'm abiding in him is going to determine the level of health and wholeness and freedom that I'm living in end of story. And so truly, if our, if our goal can shift from, oh, I just need to be free of all these things. I need to stop doing this and stop doing that. And and instead our goal becomes just like relationship with Christ, proximity, closeness to Christ. Um, That's truly what changes everything. And so, I mean, you know, it's like that, that's what Jesus died on the cross, the temple curtain tore in two, basically saying, Hey, what has been standing between All you people and God is now no longer there because I'm dying so that you actually can have proximity to him and closeness to him. And so that's a huge part of this key as well is just understanding that it's not just about the commitment piece, but how connected you are to him, what your heart posture is towards him and with him in this season. Yeah. And so as a practical takeaway this week, we just really want to encourage you to spend some time talking to the Lord and asking him just to shed light on how you see him in your current heart posture towards him. 
Um, does he feel close or far away? And if you feel far from God, just be reminded that scripture promises that if you draw near to him, he will draw near to you. Um, and I think honestly, this is just my, you know, he, to me, he's always near. He doesn't feel like it, but he mm-hmm. is. I think he's just demonstrated that over and over in my life. And so I, I, I just think it's important just to shifting our posture towards him and just yeah. allowing him to start pointing some things out. And I think really another good question to ask is, is my trust in these areas that I'm guarding with my life? Because if you listen to this podcast, you could point out, you know, 7,000 things, probably, <laughs> you know, there's at least something in your life that you're like, oh yes. yeah, I've been holding on to that. Like we're not letting that one go, mm-hmm. you know, that, mm-hmm. that can you trust him? And if not, I feel like that's the first place to start. How can I trust yeah. him to at least even look at this area? Right. Yeah. Um, and at yeah. least allow him to kind of speak into it in any way. Um, and so, but I'm telling you, he's good and he's gentle with how he does it. Um, even with someone like me, where he has to be a little bit more aggressive sometimes, <laughs> it's still really nice, you know, it's <laughs> exactly how you need it. That's right. So it works. Yeah. Thank you everyone for joining us. I cannot wait to get into the rest of these. Um, I'm excited. I don't know how many years out we've decided that we haven't done these, but we're glad to be doing them now. We're excited about it. We hope that you will join us next week. We're so glad you joined us today. We'd love for you to head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. You can also find previous episodes there. Mercy Multiplied is a nonprofit organization completely funded by our donors. We're incredibly grateful and couldn't do what we do without them. If you want to find out more how you can partner with us financially, head over to mercymultiplied.com.